Good evening, everyone. It is Hotline League episode 96. I'm back in Los Angeles. I've missed you all so much. I don't even recall anything that happened while I was in Europe. Is North America still in? I assume they are. I just, while I was over there, I completely forgot everything. It's just a blur. Anyway, I'm joined by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Wait, did you I'm mute? I'm muted. Hello. I'm great. Yeah. You, you were not muted at the start of the show, and then you muted within, like, the first five seconds. Sorry. I'm, I'm here. I'm having a great time. I'm excited to be here. I have to get up at 5.15 tomorrow to head to the TFT Invitational thingy. Yeah. Wait, what time? 5.45. Call okay. time's at 6. I'm very angry, by the way, that... You weren't invited? No, not that I... Well... Obviously, I should have been able to compete, but no, I want to cover the event as a member of the, of the press, as a media member, and I requested access to the TFT event, and Riot was told there's no press, that they, they're they just not doing anything for press, which Stop is just saying... What? Stop saying you're press. You're an influencer, and then, then they'll let you in. Oh, good point. Good point. Hey, can I go as an influencer to do interviews for my YouTube channel? No, I just, I mean, I, the thing for me is like TFTs and it's, 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 you're not infancy. interviewing, you're vlogging. You, you, you need to, anytime that it's like a media friendly thing, you're an interviewer. And anytime it's like, hey, we're cool kicking with influencers and streamers, bro, then you're a vlogger. Yeah. And you just ask some questions for them on your vlog. You make a good point. Anyway, I just, I, I'm frustrated because like I was able to always cover like the beginning of League of Legends esports events. Like no matter what, I was always able to get access uh, back in the old days. And now like they want to start doing TFT competitive, but then they're not letting people cover the event, which is just kind of shit in my mind. So I don't know. Pretty disappointing. Anyway, Anero is also joining us. Anero, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm tired, but I'm good. Uh, why are you so tired? I don't know, just a long day. I woke up hella early yesterday. Oh, really? Are you on, are you on the uh, the hip-hop? I mean, the, uh, the, bath, the basketball? What? The uh, pick-up basketball train yeah. with uh, Amazing and People? With Amazing and People? Isn't it Amazing? Even... Maybe not. I don't know. I like Maybe they have their own basketball group. I've got one that we do every week, but yeah, it's, it's like every Wednesday or something. Why didn't I get an invite to this? I literally tweeted anyone that was a mutual follower. If you want to play basketball, let me know, and I'll add you to the group. Same for volleyball. We go Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Damn it. Okay. Well, whatever. Anyway, so good to hear you're doing well. By the way, you said you woke up early yesterday, and that's why yeah. you're tired right now, which implies that you like woke up early yesterday and haven't slept since then. I slept like late yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sleepy. Did you wake up at a normal time today? Uh, yeah, kind of. I woke up at like a normal time. Whatever. It's great to have you here. Uh, <laughs> get, big shout out to our sponsors for the show, Alienware, as well as Movement. Really appreciate both of them. Have a uh, cool announcement for the show uh, during the, the Alienware block, for sure. But we're going to get uh, to both of those in just a little bit. But first... We've got some calls and some updates and some news and all sorts of stuff. So part of the reason we have a narrow one, I'm back from uh, Europe. Thanks so much for asking Mark about how my time was. 
Sorry, I got distracted. Brian Kibler got shoes for the TFT Rise of the Elements Invitational. Why didn't I get shoes? I need shoes. You know, I'd love to interview him about that, but uh, I can't because Riot won't let me. Anyway, a little salty. Anero, will you ask me about? Oh, nice. I like the casual tattoo taunt there, Anero. I'm just scratching my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm show, it, like it pops up anytime I drink too. Oh yeah, I assume you're going to be drinking a lot. I'm not like days. shoving it in your face like reckless as arm tattoos. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know, why did that make you giggle? That was that was funny to you. Yeah, the I don't know. Travis, would you be mad if I got like a narrow like on this arm like that? And then, I think like, you should get reckless on that arm. I think you oh, should okay, get an exact replica of <laughs> Reckless's tattoo, and then just be like, "I had no fucking idea that, that he oh had this God. tattoo. I wanted to get this tattoo as well." I'm just you a should, huge fan. You should get a Mount Rushmore of attractive league players on your back. Oh, that yeah, that's what I need. Reckless. That's it. That's the only attractive. Reckless, 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 that. and reckless. Okay. There we go. <laughs> you can already tell this is going to be a great episode. All right, since no one asked me about my world's experience, yeah, I'm back. Uh, and I'm happy to be back. I mean, I would have liked to stick around, but it was just a lot to stick around for two more weeks whenever there's only three more matches. Uh, and I don't know, Worlds was cool until North America just flunked out. Then it was less cool. And here we are, and semis is this weekend, and finals is the week after. And I kind of, I don't really care so much about semis, but I do kind of wish I was staying for finals. But sticking around in Europe for two more weeks when I've already been there for three is just a lot to ask to get to finals. So, but either way, glad to be back, everyone. Welcome back, dude. Welcome yeah. back. So, obviously, on this show this evening, we have, <laughs> we get to talk about the uh, quarterfinals which took place this past weekend, and the semifinals, which are going to take place the coming uh, weekend. Uh, I guess we can talk a little bit, if, if we have a call or two about like all the the kind of Riot League world's music, if anybody wants to call about that. Obviously, the True Damage stuff got really unveiled today with the uh, Louis Vuitton Kiana skin. I, mean, yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff um, around all that. We're musically inclined, so we'll have great commentary on that. What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. Immortals are back in the LCS hype video came out today, but I don't think they announced like anybody who's going to be attached to it. It's kind of a weird, whatever. Anyway, um, and then obviously, like one of the big reasons we have an arrow on the episode is because uh, there's a bunch of changes that have taken place around the tournament realm which for those of you that don't know is the low latency server that pro players can scrim on uh, whenever they scrim. You guys normally use Tournament Realm, I assume, for that, right, Anero? Yeah, we use TR for scrimming. And so now, uh, there's been, in the past, players have been able to, like, I think last it was last year the first year that you guys could use it just to, like, do in-houses? Uh, last year when we used it, we didn't use TR for in-houses. Okay. Um... But that was like because people wanted to stream it and we couldn't stream TR. Right. So we but live. I think people were able allowed to do stuff on Tournament Realm for the first time. I for a while I thought that you guys could only really use it for scrimming. I didn't think you could use it for whatever. I thought there was some change last year around it, but maybe I'm there, wrong. There's, there's been a couple of changes. Like when I coached, we weren't allowed to even do in houses on it, and then I got permission for it. Um like at the end of my my, my second year coaching. But for a little bit, you know, TR was just for scrimming. 
Yeah, I don't know the like timeline of exactly when people are allowed to do stuff on it. I'm, I think last year we could do stuff on TR, and then yeah, people just weren't interested if they couldn't stream it. it right now, it's hard to know on streaming. Do you want to? I mean, Anera, since you're heading this up, do you want to talk about what has changed? Yeah. So last year, obviously, like we were talking about, um, we did in houses. They stopped when the season started. Um, people were just scrimming on TR and no one really wanted to uh, do in-houses on TR if they couldn't stream it because they needed to use like their time after scrims to actually like get their streaming hours because I don't think a lot of people realize that like most players have like some sort of obligations to some streaming platform that they have to stream for so everyone was just like no like we're not interested now so it just kind of stopped and died out at that point um, it's been like the past I mean, it's almost been like a year of like internal pushing and then the PA with like Darshan's help has really gotten behind it too with like Danon, uh, GM of GGS, who's also just chilling in the chat and Kami, the assistant general manager of GGS. I just constantly like pushing Riot to try to get this thing changed so that we could actually stream on TR. Um, just so that way it incentivizes players to to actually want to play on TR. There's no like real excuse they'd they should want to not do it. Um, and yeah, that just got like approved this Monday. So we started that um, this week. They're actually like going on right now too. So was it the Players Association or was it Danon? Because that's the confusing thing for me because a lot of people have said that the Players Association doesn't do jack shit. And then it was yeah. like, the Players Association did this, but then you're like, the Players Association and Danon. So I don't know if it was just Danon reaching through the Players Association to get to Riot or what, how this worked. Um, I think it's just like the Players Association really helps push that and that's like super important that they got involved because honestly it doesn't matter if we're going to push on it if there's no like the players are the talent if the players aren't like actively pushing on things too then nothing is really going to incentivize Riot to change like they could do it to be nice you know but there's no real incentive um, so the PA doing it really helped honestly nice. but yeah a lot of like the initial like work came from like Dane inside getting it up, um, and then yeah. So what's interesting, and I don't know if you know this, Mark, but um, uh, you guys are doing so. GGS is kind of managing a. Obviously, it's not like you guys are in charge of the tournament realm in houses, but you've kind of taken ownership of it in an informal way with like an Elo system and a bunch of different like sort of policing who gets access to this stuff or you guys are sort of trying to deal with any kind of toxicity that arises i don't know if you want to dive into all this stuff but i've heard some of this like the specifics of how we run in houses yeah yeah so like what's yeah so yeah, you guys have declared like this kind of your thing <laughs> your presentation yeah okay so like the easiest way to explain it is like we have a discord like this is what we set up last year me john and danon set up a discord um we made like a bunch of different rooms that just have like a room for LCS players, room for Academy players, room for LCS and Academy together, and a room for amateur players. Um, we let people sign up two days out from matches starting. And like throughout the week, we would always do matches at specific set times. And there's one chat for signing up. You would just pick the block you want to play at me, John, or Danon. Or there was a few other like, um, like admins that we put in there, basically just us and FlyQuest. And you sign your name up, sign the time. We register that and put in a Google document under that time. And then as people queue up, we start putting them in and it's first come, first serve. 
And then there's a priority system to that where LCS players get priority over academy players and academy players get priority over, uh, not academy, outside of um, like any amateur players under academy obviously get the lowest priority. Um, so essentially it's just trying to set up games that are like the highest competition possible playing against the highest competition. And then, yeah, we just at people when their time is up and we put them in. Um, coming up on this year, starting up, we added in a MMR system now to try to like keep track of games because the long-term plan for us is to take out the manual aspect of queuing. Cause right now, like doing the queuing thing throughout the day, it takes up like really just a shit ton of time for no reason. Cause I'm basically someone posts in there. Like I'd go to my computer, set it up. And I was just kind of like always around. Um, and just doing that through like either a Discord bot or just any other type of service that'll actually let it just be completely automated. And then it'll balance out games through the MMR that we set up while doing it manually. Have you guys tried to talk to like Tafo about this stuff? Cause this feels like a Tafo dream, uh, something he'd love to sort of build a tool around that seems like a thing he'd want to do. Uh, reaching out to people. I don't think we've reached out to them on it. Like this is the one thing like, Setting up stuff like that, I'm completely shit at. Like right now, I'm I set up like the formulas and stuff for this to run it, but like knowing people that know how to like professionally do this, I have no fucking connections. Um, so that's what like the PA, like Danon and those guys are trying to find to help set up. And yeah, in the meantime, like I'm just doing all that manually. Okay, well I just tweeted at Tafo and told him to talk to you. So okay, maybe I will save the day. Once yeah, I mean I'm down for. Any assistance on that stuff is super, super helpful. So yeah, there's a lot of programmers who could help. I'm not sure Tafo is quite, you want someone who can write scripts and stuff then mostly, I think. Or well, I think he can. Like he wrote a bunch of stuff for, for CLG's like internal tool set, I think. But I don't yeah, want to. We've, we've reached out to people on it and reached out to different like things that we can do. It's just. Yeah, it's a waiting game to see something that actually like works and will fit for things. So we don't just the, want to have like some fast bot that does it. So, uh, do by the way, do the you said there's some amateur players? Do they get access to the tournament realm? Um, no. So now that it's on TR, uh, amateur players like Riot's not going to give like TR accounts to people that aren't affiliated with organizations. So that's just like the setup, um, which is obviously a big downside. We tried to open it last. Um, year to have amateur people in it, but that was also a big like draw away for a lot of like LCS and Academy people. Like, we would have people just straight up be like, yeah, I don't want to play if I'm not playing with LCS players or, oh, I don't want to play if I'm not playing with LCS and Academy players, gotcha. which is a pretty big bummer. But the main goal of this is just to make it so all of the excuses like people come up with for like why we suck or like why our individual practice sucks. Um, I'm mainly just trying to create something that gets rid of those excuses because like Good the in-houses last year like died out because people had like excuses of like oh we can't stream on tr uh i only really want to play like if i'm playing on tr because like the ping's lower or like oh i only want to play with like these really good players so now this year we've like upped it to okay well it's on tr now you can stream it the only thing stopping you from playing in it is yourself so if people decide not to do it then uh the, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck you say you know yeah. Uh, are you going to have any sort of like, not necessarily stat tracking, but at least knowing how many games people have played? Yeah. Like last year when we did it, I was tracking everything from win loss, KDA, champions played, CSD at 10. Um, we did all that manually. 
I still have like that stat sheet saved. I can like send that to you on Skype or something. Um, and then I'm doing the same thing now, except I'm not tracking like as much in-depth stats since doing the MMR stuff manually takes like a considerable more amount of time. Yeah, I was just thinking because I know one of the knocks I often see and even have myself sometimes about the North American scene is like our raw game numbers just aren't up there compared to other regions. And I know that I think we scrim more generally. Like I think we have more often third blocks than maybe the European scene does. And I'm not sure how up to date this information is, but I know that every year when I check, you know, end of year raw solo queue games, you know, it's like NA is usually at like between four and 800 for the, you know, our most active players. And like Korea is between like 1200 and 2k for their most active, you know, pro players. So, yeah, um, I, I, I've always felt like, you know, that is a big part of it. I think solo queue is, is insanely valuable, which is why things like ping and quality of solo queue is really important. But I also just don't see the same raw numbers because like you're saying, they find all these excuses. So I'm really interested to see, you know, okay, you can substitute a little bit of this for the fact that we might scrim a little bit more. And now with this, yeah. that our solo queue numbers will be lower because of this. Yeah, like I know that people have different things that help them with practice. Like some people don't care, like solo queue for them, like they're down for it. So they don't give a fuck. So they'll play and that's good for them. Other people have like the complaint of the people they're playing with and like, all right, cool. If you have that complaint, then you should just play in houses. And there's really no reason for people to like slack on having games. So that was my main thing. Like if we make an environment like this that people can actually play on with it, um, then yeah, it either causes like long-term change where we actually get a server that's like well regulated and like police so that people that are like soft inting or hard inting games actually get banned or like we move the server to like we can actually have like good ping for pro players or like they do the two server thing that people were talking about where like we all play on one server but it like depending on the location of the people in the game and like goes to west coast or east coast i don't know just shit like that would be good long term but for now like there shouldn't be complaints about people's yeah. individual practice environment I'm trying to cover all the bases. How much of, the, of this do you think is going to help? Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope it helps a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I'm just hoping that like the excuses kind of stop for the individual practice because that pops up every fucking year. Like that's why we started this last year because people had the excuses of like solo queue sucking. So we started it's basically this. like the pro players saying, "Well, solo queue sucks. I don't want to do solo queue because there's no yeah. point." Yeah, exactly. And this is just trying to solve for that. Yeah. If if you if you want predictions, like, do you think it's going to work? I'll I'll be honest and say, well, it depends what you mean by work, right? Because there's like it works, and next thing you know, next year we're in top four of, of worlds again. Ao, let's go. Yeah. That's that's like a bit of a high bar that's, to measure the yeah. success of this. As I would be impressed if there is a dedicated majority of LCS players who play. Like if. If these, or if there are thirty people, maybe like I don't know, maybe maybe more like forty between LCS and Academy who are playing on this every night instead of solo queue, I would consider that a massive success. Yeah, I don't think that will happen. I'm I'm sorry, I'm pessimistic, but I think no, that's okay, dude. I think it'll fall apart, and I I, I feel so bad because I'm just negative, but like it's it's more just I don't think the the player mentality will keep up as you know the season starts up and starts slogging and you get tired and all that yeah. stuff. Like, to be honest, like, I'm happy if it goes either way. Because either way should, like, 
give people a really good look into what like the actual problems are. If right, people are actually using it, yeah. yeah, if people are actively using it and like this is what it took for people to actually care about it, then great. Like that's good. If it falls apart, then we should really fucking look at the values that people have for practice and like are these people that we should really be putting like resources behind to constantly try to support? If even this is not getting them to play, like then what's the actual fucking problem in a because then it comes down to its players, staff, like management, like what do we actually need to work on and improve? So whether it falls apart or whether it works, that's good. Yeah. Because it needs to be a wake up call for people. And that's like the main goal, like get rid of the excuses and provide opportunities so that people can't blame this anymore. And then whatever the outcome is, solve it. So I'm happy with it fails or if it works. I really don't mind. Do you know how many people are in it right now? Or like not in the same moment, but I mean, how many people have you guys actually have actually been using this for the past couple of days? Um, so this is what's today is today a Tuesday. So this is only the second day of it going. Um, in the Discord, there's a lot of people, but that doesn't necessarily mean active. Um, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So there's been seventeen unique people that have played in it, but we've had like one game run every three hours or like we were one game running for three hours from three to six yesterday and then seven to 10 and then same today, three to six, seven to 10. So people will just keep playing in that lobby. Yeah. They just play like the, the rooms like swap around to try to like work out the MMR system. So it'll actually like build up like uh, and spread people out more, but they're just constantly playing in that. Are you getting so more far. interest over time? Um, today had more interest than Monday, but I mean, it's not like, holy shit, like all these more people have shown up. It's just like a small little increase and different yeah. names showed up. So that's good. And to be fair, you know, a number of teams are just getting into their off season, like TL and I mean, C9 was, you know, yeah, as well. Like some of these teams are just getting in there. So hopefully the numbers pick up once you know, it gets a little deeper into the off season. Do you think there's a world where yeah. Golden Guardians or other teams, you guys could start sort of, if you wanted to try out players, could you say, go do this thing? Like maybe you guys are looking at a rookie or so, an academy player or something like that. And you're like, hey, go compete in the in-houses and sort of see one, how they perform and two, what their work ethic is to that. Yeah, but since everyone's kind of like on LCS or academy to be in this, that kind of sounds like poaching. Oh, yeah. So, I guess yeah, that's I can't true. really do that. When it was amateur people involved, like you could do that. And people definitely did that. But now like it's LCS Academy only. Well, so okay, really so let's option. say I mean there's got to be a lot do you lose tournament realm access the moment you become unsigned to a team? No, not usually. Because like, I assume there's people that are getting dropped right now or like are free agents already or have been told yeah. they can start looking at teams nope. that you guys can look at and you could potentially have them do that. Yeah. Like those people can, but like that's pretty few and far between. So like technically you could for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the way it normally rare. works is they like, I think they like nuke all the accounts either like near the start of the year or at the start of the new season. I forget when it is. Yeah. It's usually around that time. Like the old accounts just get removed. Yeah, they, they just blow it all up. They patch TR um, and stuff like that. And then they'll, they'll remake the new accounts for, for teams and stuff and, and distribute them. Yeah. My, yeah. Own, my hope would be that this would also allow teams to start scouting players easier. 
um, over time. I mean, obviously, as you said, it's it's limited to the players that have already been there. But like, if you guys have, if there's an academy player for another team that like might become a free agent, and you know, you guys could start to become interested in that person potentially because you're like, oh wow, we're running this, and like in comms on streams, they're like actually super good, and they've been playing really well, and like they work really well with our player who has been competing in this and like they've been a great bot lane it's like maybe there's a world where you guys can find you know like a cool uh situation there anyway um i don't want to talk about this all night because i wanted to be able to take some calls on it i just wanted everybody to have background on the new system that is in place i think it's pretty interesting and i think i'm hoping that sort of the you know if last week the big conversation was why does na suck and we had all these ideas I'm hoping that teams and as an ecosystem over the next couple of months, we will start trying to try different things to make our system better, our teams better. So if you have questions about any of the, that stuff or you have a take on it, maybe you think it's going to be useless or you have a question about it or something like that, feel free to uh, to call in. Um, but also if you guys want to talk about quarters or semis or any of the world's music stuff or any other thing that is uh, in any way remotely relevant, uh, feel free to to do that. Mark, do you want to explain how the, the call-in system works? Yeah, if you want to do that and you've never been here, go ahead and join up the Discord that I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. Go ahead, once you're there, and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channel. Um, once you're in there, mute your microphone. And then in the Pleb Topics text channel just above it, you're going to go ahead and type whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, you know, like the things Travis was saying. If we are interested, we'll pull you from that Pleb Calls voice channel into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn. We'll do a quick mic check, and then assuming everything uh, works out, you'll be in the on-air room to discuss. Oh, also, I think another a couple other controversies this week, at least one of them was Deficio joining the broadcast. Oh, yeah. Because there was a lot of mixed feelings on that. Deficio is joining the broadcast for the rest of, of Worlds, while some of the the casters are ending their runs. And so people are like, is he edging stuff out? I think another interesting conversation I wish uh, for, I was supposed to get a uh, video up an interview with shocks today. Um, that's going to go up tomorrow. So uh, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. So you don't miss that. But we were, we talked a lot about the sort of like what has seemed to be a lot like the, the caster bias conversation and just sort of, the fans have been in particular really vicious about all this stuff this year. I feel like, I, I, I don't know. Obviously you guys have seen some of that stuff. I think Jet did a video or Jet posted on his Instagram about predictions and if he was nervous, um, you know, about posting stuff. I think that's an interesting thing. Maybe the Griffin stuff. Um, Mark Z says it's time to retire the Dade Award. I missed this because I was flying home, but apparently this one got a shit ton of upvotes. Good job, Mark. I said that, man. Yeah. So if the Dade Award should be retired, that's an interesting conversation. The Louis Vuitton stuff. Um, I think that's mostly it. Uh, but either way, oh, somebody had a take on Reddit about the scouting grounds um, and the fact that there are going to be four LCS veterans in it, which I think is an interesting conversation. As well, so actually, I think there's some good conversations happening right now um, that we can talk about. It isn't not necessarily any big events outside of quarters, but I think a lot to talk about. So I'm excited. I'm hoping we get some good takes on this show. Um, but while Mark is pulling people, which I assume is what he's doing right now, 
want to give some shout outs to uh, Stahil, Jordan, uh, IXPurusX, uh, 9, or NA Alstar, Dr. Manhattan 18, Laziness, Success, Day 8, One Day, Ronald Dinho, Poro on Mars, and Purple Ray Q for the subs. Really appreciate it. Uh, looks like there's some more subs. I'm going to get to them in just a little bit as well. I mean, Rita Snow says scouting grounds should be more than once a year. Call in. Call in. Talk about it. Whoopley's in the chat. He's a... Uh, oh, Riot Whoopley. Riot Whoopley's in the chat. He's here I to see what else I complain about. Riot Whoopley missed my rant earlier about how I can't join the TF... Or I can't cover the TFT event. We have someone here, by the way. Oh, we, we already pulled somebody? Yeah. Oh, that was quick. Okay, good job. Yes, because I'm good at my job. Oh. Yeah. Fez, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. How's Mobile. Alabama right now? It's getting cold, finally. You know, it's usually always hot here. Nice. Well, you've been on the show before, so thanks for calling back. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So I want to talk to you about tonight, and I'm probably going to get flamed by EU here in a minute, but SKT will basically 3-0-G2, as I had Dam1 as heavily overrated, because I, I really thought Dam1 had zero flexibility bot lane to counter G2's aggression. They couldn't play the Tom Kench, you know, Varus combo. They had a non-roaming mid in almost every draft, <laughs> which just won't happen versus SKT, in my opinion. And I think that SKT's lanes are superior. Like I said, I thought SKT was trolling versus Splice with all these people saying Splice did so great and everything. Yeah, but Damwon came out of their group as the first seed over IG, who also who made it into semis as well. So, I mean, by that metric, they look pretty strong based off of their performance against their, their opponents and their position in that group, right? Yeah, I can agree with that, but my biggest issue with that is I really felt like TL played really poorly in the group, and I feel like IG was building up slowly. So I thought that the game that Damwon did take off IG was when the IG was ramping up. I think IG is a lot better right now, but I still think that it was pretty much the shy show with IG during groups, and I think that Damwon was just enough to edge out IG in the long run. Hmm. What do you guys think about this? Is there a world where Dam or where uh, our good SKT. friends Damwon were not as strong as perhaps they seemed? Uh, well, there, so there's two takes, right? There's SKT three owing G two. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to start one, yeah. on the the Damwon thing because okay. that's sort of the crux of his argument, right? Um, so my pre-tournament expectations, I had SKT number one, G two number two, FPX number three. And then I think I actually had I I, we, I talked a number of times about how I thought Damwon was really good, and I had them probably at like my fourth team, um, and maybe that was a little high, but they still finished first in their group, and then they lost to G two, who yes they struggled on day two in groups, but I think you know groups aren't always the most indicative of team strength. Looking at FPX, who struggled versus splice went to a tiebreaker versus them and then slapped the shit out of Fnatic. um and they look really good you know like we talked about with griffin and ig and damwon like it's not always that indicative so i think g2 is actually still one of the favorites for the tournament and the dark horse losing to 
one of the pre-tournament favorites is not a surprise to me. And then when you look at, you know, some of the things uh, that, you know, the caller mentioned about how they didn't play roaming mids and these kinds of issues that they came up with when playing G2, I don't think that necessarily means that <laughs> this team was garbage the whole time. It's just like, you know, in that series, they really over-prioritized Kale, probably. Um, and they, it was a, a, a worse matchup. The fact that Caps is the kind of player who will just perma-roam like crazy, where not every mid laner plays that way. Like, there's a, a number of things. So, I look at that match and go, wow, G2's really good. They deserve the hype that they got before the tournament. I don't go and look and say, wow, Damwon was overrated and we're never that good. That's my takeaway from that series. Okay. Yeah, like I definitely don't think that Damwon was like bad in this at all. I don't think they were overrated. I think like it was a good match. I think G two played well. I think they did a really good job of using caps to punish sides in the games, and yeah, they just played well. Well, it was good. I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad for a team to lose to a team like G two. I don't think they should be like rated poorly for that. But I do think like I I voted that SKT would beat G two. Um. I don't think it'll be a 3-0, though. I at least hope it's not a 3-0. I think it should be, like, a relatively close game. I don't think it's, like, huge skill difference in any of the roles, like, really shitting on it. Like, I guess maybe, like, top lane right now in the matchup between the two is kind of more towards SKT favored. Because um, I know Wonder hasn't had, like, the best tournament so far. Uh, but, I mean, it just really depends on how the rest of the map gets played out. The way people talk about top laners is... So weird to me because I feel like if you listen to certain like groups of people at different times, you would think like every top laner at this tournament sucks except for the shy and maybe yeah. a little bit of con. And then it's like, ah, oh, Wonders really has some shit games, and so did Naguri, and so did uh Whippo and Gimgoon. Yeah. And like that's all that's true. A lot of them had bad games, but I think that more speaks to how the role plays than like the skill level of literally the best top laners in the world. Yeah, like, like top lane gets literally fucked by yeah. the other roles existing. Like in the last game, like I know Naguri got like a lot of shit, like at least from fans. I haven't paid attention to like any but like analyst shows or whatever is saying about it. Fans gave him so much shit for like losing, but literally Caps was playing like top jungle and mid at the same time. Yeah, he would just shove a wave, go top, and this guy can't fucking play the game. But like, then he gets flamed that he's he's playing bad by fans. Like, haha, Naguri so overrated. But like, bro, you go fucking play top lane for that. Like, yeah, like, and, and even you can't do anything. Like, it sucks. Like, you just have to leave the turret or die. And I mean, he just died. So. Yeah. Every, everyone's had all, every top laner aside for basically shy and maybe sort of con where he hasn't had like i don't think con has had horrible games but he's had some forgettable ones like i don't know top lane is just that kind of role where sometimes you die twice and your top laner and your jungler never comes up there again and you look an idiot like i don't think you can play that way as much for bot lane you know like every other role if they start like falling behind are usually not completely just like left to the wolves the way that happens in top lane or like you get frozen on or like there's so many more things that can go wrong in top lane uh, i think it happens in other lanes it's just like so much easier for it to happen in top because you're yeah. alone like at least yeah. bot lane like you know there's a fucking support so diving like it's you're generally trying to set up for numbers differently like in this case like sometimes caps is just going top alone and like that's enough to <laughs> yeah, just taking krugs <laughs> like oh whatever yeah like he was just farming the jungle and then farming top but uh, I guess that's like separate point. 
I, I think the series could go either way, but I'm I'm still saying SKT. Oh. I mean, I think SKT as well. Um, and I know this is an NA show, and so obviously, you know, we're going to get shit for saying that. But I don't know. It just feels like SKT has always felt like the type of team. I know, obviously, this year is different than perhaps in the past they've, they've been, but that ramps up over the course of a tournament where in the beginning they look a little weak and then, like, by the end of it, you're like, okay, wow, holy crap, like, how could we have ever thought another team could beat these guys? Um, and I just feel like that's what we're going to see in this event. Like, I feel like it's going to be... I mean, I don't know if we... Mark, I don't know if you pulled anybody for the other semi. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, then I won't say who I think SKT is going to face in the finals yet. But I yeah, do think SKT is my prediction for for who's going to make it into the finals. But I like I don't know if it's because G2 is weak. I think it's more because SKT is strong. And Fez, it seems like you seem to think it's because G2 is like like weaker than they seem because Dam1 was weak, weaker than they seemed, and thus them beating Dam1 isn't that impressive, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me elaborate a little bit more on it. It's it's not necessarily that I think Dam1 is this shit team or whatever. I just think stylistically, a lot of EU fans were like, oh my god, Dam1 matches up so great against G2, but Dam1's bot lane just had zero flexibility versus the versatility that Perks brings. And Perks has been playing out of his mind this tournament. I don't think G2 is a crap team. I think they're a fantastic team. I just don't think the eases that they had with Dam1 and the cushions, especially the cushions they had with Dam1, will be anywhere near visible versus SKT. I'm I'm a little bit on the like not hater train for SKT, but like a little bit more dubious. Like I know those games versus Splice. Yes, they put Mata in, but then even Game Four wasn't that great of a performance by Faker. He's had some not great games over the course of this tournament. The one versus Fnatic as well. Um, I think about those close games that they had versus. RNG, um, and I guess I would say I feel like SKT has not had to prove as much this tournament as some of the other teams. Um, the way G2 had to go up against Griffin and Groups and then Damwon. Like, Fnatic was decent and RNG was decent, but they also really struggled versus them and even lost a game, you know? And were close to losing other ones. And then they played splice who was you know much easier and they still weren't super clean so like part of me feels like there's another foot that's going to drop on skt when they they get into a best of five versus g2 um where they'll struggle but i don't know but that maybe it's just a feeling because i i i put them as tournament favorites so maybe i'm just like being nervous and, and pessimistic yeah you've already put them as your pickums as number one so now you just have to hype them no matter what to validate yeah. yourself yeah, whoever I root for, though, yeah. I always like when I'm watching a football game, and you know we're up like seven points, and like our running back runs for three yards instead of four. I'm like, God fucking damn it, you know? Yes. So like that's kind of I might be that way for SKT right now, where because I predicted them to win, I'm, I'm being extra critical because every team has had bad games this tournament, but for some reason I'm just like, if I really think about it, like what has SKT done super impressively this tournament, and I'm not sure I've seen something more than I've seen in other teams. By the way, I just, I just think Acadian is in the chat. Is Acadian doing your in houses in Arrow? Uh, no. You wanna you wanna pitch him no, on it right now? Not, you wanna shame him publicly still. for not doing it? Ah, uh, it's cool, man. Okay. If people don't want to do it, I don't care. Like it's fine. 
Okay. Right. So I don't care if people do it or not. But yeah, I think SKT will have to work for it versus G2. That's oh, yeah. my biggest thing. I think it won't be like free for them. But I don't think it's going to be free for G2 either. I think it's just going to be like... I'm really excited to watch that match. I think it'll be really fucking good. I think yeah. both semis are insane. I'm super yeah. happy that we're getting it because I think a lot of people were hoping that for the finals. And even though... Even though obviously it's not going to happen in the finals, like the fact that it's like a rematch of the MSI situation, and uh, I don't know, I, I just it seems like it's pretty good, and and I feel like if G two loses to SKT in the semis, like G two fans should feel good about it. Now again, like G two fans think that their team is the second coming of Christ, but I I feel like that's like a respectable way to exit. A world tournament is like oh we lost to skt in the semis like okay like good that's you especially if they go on to win the tournament or something yeah exactly exactly yeah. so i think i don't know i think it's fine i would say g2 is yeah i'd still pick skt to win but i, I don't think it's a 3-0 i think it's super close yep. yeah okay all right either way thanks so much fez for the call Anything you want to say on uh, before we move on to the next caller? Well, I want to give out a shout-out to my favorite team, 100 Thieves, of course. Hopefully they don't screw up the offseason, and hopefully we actually make playoffs this time around. Yeah. So Have Mark doesn't one. flame us so much. <laughs> Have a good one. Yeah, Mark. What? Come on, man. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, Mark. All right, moving on to the next caller. Mark's going to go grab them. Some more shout-outs uh, in the chat, or to the subs. Uh, Purple Ray Q, Mandalorian five five eight four, Hype Love Shack, Kamikaze Platypus, Hollow Moon LOL for nineteen months, Anti TP I believe is your name, Raging Pianist for one year. Congratulations, Raging Pianist. Labiri, Mark already smiles when I say his name. Labiri as a Twitch sub. And speaking of subs, uh, where where are you calling from, Labiri? I'm calling from State College, Pennsylvania. <coughs> College Pennsylvania, I'm going to turn you up here a little quiet. Uh, what did you want to talk about on the show? So, my topic is that this world, this year's world semis are the hardest to predict, and that reinforce uh, in world's history, and that reinforces the idea that the pooling system for groups is just fine as it is. So, we so have the- one team from each group, which was likely the favorite starting out when we moved into groups in the semis. So I don't think you can argue that the groups did not shake out as they should have. We have the, and that's, so we have the first seed, by the way, from, oh wait, no, uh, from, yeah, first seed from all three, all three major regions, major regions. Yeah, just say it. And, uh, (laughs) and we also have the returning world champions, which I, I think, uh, the if Fion might have been the first one to point that out on on Twitter, at least that I saw. So shout out to him. But I, I mean, it is true that that looks like a very ideal semifinals. And but I don't know. I mean, Mark and, and Arrow, do you guys think that that justifies the pool system? I mean, it looks like we are getting some nothing wonky happen. And in fact, quarters other than like the splice SKT thing, which didn't even seem that weird, seemed mostly competitive. Uh, I'll let Mark do it because he had the big rant about this. So, yeah, I I disagree. How like it working out once means that it's fine, as well as the fact that you could argue the splice group, even though it went as expected, 
doesn't make it a good group because arguably Damwon should have been in there and then um splice in in group D, right? Like it should have like if you wanted the most balanced groups, you would have swapped that 50-50 that happened uh, for, from the playing teams, right? Like so I I don't know how a good semifinals justifies that because you're just ignoring what you could argue is a bit of a bad quarterfinals with uh, Splice and SKT. Uh, how would it have gone the- differently in quarterfinals um, underneath your your thing? I'm trying to visualize it in my head. Yeah, who's the team that would have made it that would make it better? I'm just the, curious for this one. TL versus right. SKT, right? Uh, well, I'm not even saying TL is better than Splice. I'm just saying it, at least you would have felt better about one of those teams getting out because you had the double... Now, this is all hypothetical, but so, like, maybe TL gets out, maybe Splice gets out, but at least then you feel better that it's all top eight teams. Um, or you could talk about getting RNG into another group as well, potentially, into probably Group B somehow, which you can't really do because FBX uh, under the current system. That's why people don't like the current system necessarily. Um, so, ideally, you want to try and, like, make it so that each group has what is hopefully a top eight team so that should get out. And that doesn't really work when the pool two grouping counts teams like the Vietnamese first seed and the LMS second seed as the same strength as the uh, Korean second seed and even stronger than the Korean third seed, even though all historical data points to the Korean third seed and Korean second seed being vastly better teams than, than those others. So like, just because it works out sometimes doesn't mean that it's working. A broken clock is right twice a day. You know, that's a saying for a reason. And if you go back and look at other world's tournaments, you oftentimes have had very clear favorites in semis and things like that, as well as having times where the finals probably doesn't have the two best teams in it um, and things like that. And just because some of the problems of group stage get corrected over the course of the knockout stage, I don't think that indicates that the group stage pool seeding system has done a good job well library do you have a response so my only counter to that would be splice performed just as well as the other two seeds from the groups that lost in quarters so well it depends how much you want to put on the modest substitution uh that's that's fair too but skt didn't look that much better in game four i agree (laughs) So I don't think we can really put too much weight on the Mata game. No, I I mean, I I don't disagree with that very much at all. But I still disagree that treating the Vietnamese first seed and both LMS seeds at the same strength as the Korean two seed and stronger than the Korean three seed is not correct. And putting being able to have a group with two of those in them um, and then splice in... You know, maybe Splice is a top eight team. Maybe they're not. You know, I would rather have the tournament format prove to me that Splice was a top eight team rather than watching them lose to SKT and be like, well, that was a somewhat convincing loss. So, I mean, Splice did well. You know, I'm not trying to shit on Splice. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think that this proves anything was good about the group seeding format because it was because it didn't turn out to be a big deal. Nero, I don't know if you have anything you want to chime in on any of this. I, I don't really remember how groups went for last year or like how the seeding went or like what the teams were. Um, so I'm not like the biggest expert on whether that is good or bad. I think this year, like the teams that went to top eight were good. 
Like, I think Splice did well versus SKT. Um, I don't think RNG would have magically been this much better of a team. Um, I do think there's merit to the fact that, like, judging teams like Group B is usually pretty hard um, because I don't think a lot of people actually watch those regions at all before they say it. But I don't think it necessarily makes it like this was... Um, like a good system because it worked out once. I just, I'm not an expert on what the last few groups setups were, so I'm not going to pretend to be one. Yeah, I, I just thought this Worlds was good, whether the system was good or not. I'll let other people work out the system stuff. That is not my expertise. He said as he set up an in-house system. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> this is... <laughs> How is that anywhere close to a tournament I, bracket? I, I, I'm kidding. Hey guys, come in, come in the lobby. There you go. There's ten of you. That works. Well, well, and there's like, you know, I I saw some of this. I think like the splice manager responded to one of my my threads about um this kind of stuff, and he was like, well, you know, you have to win if you want to get out, and that's the only mindset that matters. And it's like that's definitely true for teams, you know. And so like someone in a narrows position, you know, you can hope to be have a nice group, but realistically you know you just have to beat whatever what you know play the hand that you're dealt i would still say teams like splice should want to fix the group seating so jackasses like me can't second guess their skill because they had to beat teams that i consider good you know like i still think fixing the 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 seating system still helps them you know um because then you you can't have doubters really yeah it validates their their achievements Right. If if they if Splice beat a team that you know community consensus was a top eight, a top ten team to get their spot, you know, as opposed to what many people would power rank as like the thirteenth, maybe LMS is the thirteenth or fourteenth or twelfth. If you're being generous, you know, like um, it starts really you know looking more impressive for them. And then and then there's like people can't say shit. Yeah. Hey, Mark, what do you think about uh, NA not having a first seed? People have been saying that. Sign me up. I don't I'd think we down. should. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I devised a system that used four pools instead of three, and I, I seeded them based off, you know, how strong on average each of the teams did for the regions. And my my yeah. pool one seeds were the first Korean seed, the first Chinese seed, the first European seed, and the second Korean seed, and that's pool one. And then it doesn't get one. Yeah, I think that would be reasonable, but. That maybe cause a shitstorm. Who knows? Would you would you next year seed the second LPL seed in though because they've been doing better than Korea on average for the past three years? It depends, you know, how you want to build it. I just think um, some of the artificial limitations that we've put on this system do create these problems. Like, okay, only having a, an eighteen pool two makes like this arbitrarily large middle grouping that doesn't actually indicate team strength relatively and um you know giving na a first seed because we're the fourth best performing major region even though we're still substantially behind other regions uh that you would call like the three major regions like you know i, I think some of those things where it's like just you know if if on average korea produces two teams that perform better than north america's best team then those two teams should be seated higher than north america's best team and you never know sometimes people overperform or underperform at worlds and you can't really account for what actually happens on game day but you can at least try and use the historical data a little bit better i think yeah. hey thanks library for calling in thank you guys anything you want to say on the way out uh not much i think we should 
be thankful that we got lucky this year and the four teams all have a realistic shot at winning. Uh, other than that, shout out to Alienware. And thanks, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, thank you so See much. You, man. All right. While Mark gets the other one, I'm going to be right back. Well, we're going to do like, a quick break in there, actually. Okay, sick. Be right back. Speaking of our last caller, Liberi just gave a shout out to Alienware. And now it's time to do the Alienware ad. I was going to try to come up with a better way of transitioning, but yes, this is the time where we're going to talk about them. Actually, um, one second, I want to show you guys something that showed up at my house today. Uh, let me, I'm going to ask a friend to help me bring it in, but I'll, I'm going to bring it in and podcast listeners, I'm sorry, because you guys won't be able to see this, but. Wait, what's going on? I stopped listening to Travis Twitch chat. Where did he? Where did everyone go? How am I the only one on screen all of a sudden? What the f, man? Ta-da! What is that? It is a. Is that Kobe? No, that's not Kobe. Um, Who is that? You're, you're, you're focusing on the wrong thing, Mark. Who? I care more about who that person was than that monstrosity on the ground. Having a hard time focusing. NA production. So, ignore my friend's makeup stuff that's in the corner. But this is a 55-inch uh, Alienware... OLED monitor, so it's giant, uh, and it's not a TV; it's a monitor. Just in case there was any confusion, um, and it showed up today. You can go check it out. It does a uh, 120 hertz refresh rate. It's uh, beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and so, definitely go check this out over at alienware.com/travis. Uh, I can't believe they sent this to me. It's super nice of them to do that. We got the hookup. I have to figure out where to put this. Um, maybe above my other monitors, but it's it's uh, awesome. And you can go check out some of the reviews. I think they've all been uh, pretty good, at least the ones that I've seen. I have to fix my uh, my focus. But anyway, thank you to Alienware for doing that. Here's my eye. There we go. And we're back. Um, so either way, thank it? you to Alienware for hooking us hooking me up with that sick ass computer monitor. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, we are currently giving, doing a giveaway for a... Oh, where is it? Let me find the link. Um, for a M15 notebook. You can win this. It's got world's branding on it, too, which is pretty unique. Um, and so I think, they, I think they did custom wrap. So this is... This, I want to say this is one of a kind. I'm not sure if it is one of a kind, but I want to say it's one of a kind because I know that they did... They're giving away several different notebooks every week, or sorry, several different notebooks over the course of Worlds. This uh, week is my week to give away a notebook. And uh, they have different uh, Worlds art that's wrapped onto these things. And I think that this is, uh, each one of them is different and this is the one that I get to give away. Either way, if you're watching live on Twitch, you can go uh, do exclamation mark giveaway. And there's a link there um, that'll pop up. That Nightbot will share, and it's pretty sick. You can sign up for uh, a chance to win, and quite frankly, 
There's only a couple days left, and this is the first day that I've been promoting it. I think it ends on the, the 1st of November. So I think there's not going to be too many people that will enter this. Your odds are pretty decent. I would just, I'd recommend it. Um, and if you're watching the YouTube video, there's a link in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, you can go look. I'll have it pinned on my Twitter uh, for, for you to enter. But either way, this thing is awesome, and I hope you guys uh, win it. Yes, you watching us. I hope you win it. Go enter the giveaway. Also, just entering the giveaway really helps me. So everybody's doing exclamation mark giveaway in the chat. You don't, you have to click the link. You know, the giveaway thing only does it that way. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for uh, sponsoring the show for the 55 inch monitor and for the laptop that we get to give away. Good luck to everyone who enters. On to the next caller. Uh, sure. I'm excited. What did you do in Arrow? Uh, I went to the bathroom. Oh, yeah? How was that? That was great. Good time. Hello. 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 That was quick. Tom Shu, welcome back to the show, and thanks for being hey, a Twitch sub. Hey, guys. Uh, what's where, going on? Again, remind me again where you're calling from? Uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia. That's I knew it was Hampton Roads, Virginia. I just oh, uh, yeah. I didn't, you know, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say... Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? No, I'm not singing the song. But uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, the uh, Dottie Award recently. Uh, for anyone who's been living under a rock for the past couple hours, there's a little bit of a uh, over the um, on the uh, official Gamepedia wiki. Like, there's a uh, article underneath that talks about the uh, Dottie Award and some of the previous history and some of the winners. And I guess we put they put out that nuggery they decided to give it to nuggery and then there was this big old yeah i call it nuggery you know like nugget but this this outcry that was going for uh because i felt like he didn't really deserve the award so now that led to uh marquezy tweeting and monty tweeting and thorn tweeting and everyone's talking about oh, we, there's no one who really deserves the dot a award this year maybe it's time to go retire it's just not working out this year and I think sort of that, like, if you sort of had to give it to someone, like, put a gun to your head, pick someone, then I guess Nuggery would probably be the best choice. But I think, yeah, this year there isn't really anyone who checks the boxes on that kind of thing. I want to hear your opinion on it. First off, we should say it's not like this is an official award. This is just like a community consensus thing that happens every year because Dade was overhyped. Well, he came to Worlds a long time ago. And then it he... wasn't... It wasn't a community consensus thing. It was a Monty and Thorne award from Summoning Insight. Uh, and then when they kind of retired that show in 2017, uh, it became a community one, I guess. Or someone said that it was just like whoever was editing that article on Gamepedia decided it wasn't like there was a fan vote or anything from my understanding. Yeah, I just so, thought it was like an analysis, like analysts all kind of agreed on it for the past couple of years. I mean, like, honestly. Like, honestly, it was pretty, like, clear, like, for the most part, like, who got the Dade Award. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of how, and I don't know if we want to get right into our opinions on it right now, but the Dade Award was always supposed to basically be unanimous, like, or not supposed to be, but in, historically, when Monty and Thorne had been giving it out, there was always, like, a, well, yeah, that's the only guy you would give it to. Like, you would only give it to Dade, you would only give it to Name, you would only give it to Gold V, or God, God V, you'd only give it to Clear Love, right? Like, during those times, it was like, well, there's really only one person you want to give it to. 2017 was kind of the first time it was like, 
Uh, Bjergsen, sure. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a better candidate. And then 2018 went to Ruler, which was like, what? He's he's a good player. You know, All like his team, his his team got shit on, but it was Mal's, It was it was crowned in the mid lane, getting solo killed by like every mid laner in the group. You know, and like their top lane and and Cuvay shitting the bed. It wasn't Ruler's fault, even though he he was the most hyped because it was always about hype relative to performance but usually those guys who got the award also like played like shit not just like oh they were hyped and then didn't do anything which is what happened with bjergsen right he was hyped but he didn't do anything it wasn't like he got solo killed by everyone in the group or anything right so sorry tom what's your take like honestly if you absolutely had to give it to someone like i feel like probably someone like either nuggery jensen would uh, fit the bill, but yeah, I can't think of anyone else who actually checks all the boxes. Yeah, I just don't feel like Jensen was hyped. Well, I mean, he sort of did get a little bit of at least from like some of the NA people. Yeah, but like that's no, like he was not in the top twenty, for instance. Like I don't, I don't think it was in anybody's top twenty. No, is that the, is that the definitive list? I'm no, but I'm just saying, like, you, like it's hard no to say someone is hyped when you're not willing to say that they're a top twenty player at Worlds. Yeah, that's the like. It's like I say, it's coming. For, it's coming. For, like the narrow, do you, overall do you, consensus. Do you have any thoughts on Dottie Award, or is I it gotta, just like in one ear out the other? I could not give any less of a shit about the Dottie Award. I had no idea who won it before. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't care about that award. I just don't, like, like, okay, so I I feel like it's, I I, I like it as a concept, right? In that who was overhyped and who completely underperformed. One, it's super insulting to Dade. And two, it's insulting to anyone who wins it, which I think is so funny. I would would hate to be Dade, who just has this, like, every year at Worlds, everyone talks about who was as bad or as big of a disappointment as he was the year that he competed uh, at Worlds. But... I uh, so I find I mean, it I find it funny. What the other day I was thinking about that I was just like, damn, it sucks. This guy has an award named after him that is literally just about who sucks as much as he did. But two, like I don't think conceptually that you need to, like I think sometimes you don't need like you don't need to give it out every year. I think it well, can that's... just be like, hey, this person did was like gets the Dottie award this year for being so terrible. There's nothing that needs to force it to be an annual thing. That's uh that's what Thorne even replied to my tweet with was like, you know, you don't need to retire it or anything, but just don't give it out when it doesn't make sense. And I think that's, that's the right way to do it. And I also like, you know, I, I know Monty and Thorne don't, well, they, they did this year, but in previous years, they didn't keep up a ton, but like, kind of like, like I was saying, when someone deserves the Dottie award, like, it's everyone kind of knows that that person deserves the Dottie award. And so I think, you know, they don't even need to really stay super up to date, you know, even if they move on from league or anything, you know, like they can come back in and be like, by the way, this guy got the Dottie award this year. You You know, know like we need to start brainstorming like other awards. Like we need like the long Panda award, overall worst player or like the Cody sun award for like who did the worst play at worlds. Dude, that Jensen play oh, where he got solo killed by Kiana as LeBlanc. I'm like, what if oh, we did God. more awards that were positive? No one likes <sighs> that. No one likes that. This is Reddit you're talking about. We need to flame. I... Aren't you a mod I... on that subreddit? <laughs> yep. yeah. Oh, Tom's a mod. Ugh. Wait, you guys didn't already know that? No, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I figured you'd know that. But... 
the other two. I'm pretty well. I'm sure Travis knows it. I do know. Yeah, it. I, I do know it for my my constant wars with the the mods. I am very uh, aware. Tom Shoe zero two. Oh yeah. The con the community thinks I'm I'm all buddy buddy with the mods, and then the mods think that I am the worst person. So I think it's very funny. Well, anyway, you, you are kind of. I agree with the mods. I think. Um, I think it's it's pretty much like you know I saw the river Ryan Gold put a thing on Reddit about like sorry apologizing like I I never meant to for like I was never talking about the the uh, the site uh, League Pedia I, I never meant to put any fault on them I meant more just even like as a community consciousness perspective like I agree with what Tom said like Nuggery is pretty much the only person who can could have won the award this this year because like maybe hill is saying because he was on some top 20 lists and died a shitload and had some bad games but like he also still got out of groups whereas like most of these other winners that like from the years that felt like they really deserved it like they didn't get out of groups they got clapped and they sucked and then they just left <laughs> you know they just about, left uh, groups. yeah and i kind of agree that's kind of like nuggery what about we captain suck. flowers i feel like he had a very disappointing world you know what he didn't really play. He just kind of got benched and disappeared. Or yeah. not benched, but, you know, sick and disappeared. So maybe. No, I feel bad for him. Because I know, you know, obviously he was excited to do Worlds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rip. Rip I mean, Dottie was probably excited yeah, to do shame. Worlds, too. You know? <laughs> and then he got on stage. Captain and then Flowers he just didn't show oh, up man. at Worlds, you know? And Captain Flowers also didn't show up this year at Worlds, I feel like. Doran know? didn't show up. Where'd Doran go? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Um... Thank you so much for calling in, uh, yeah. Tom Shu. Oh man! Anything you want to say as we say goodbye? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, by the way, EU is overrated as a region. It's a bunch of trash because they use it to project on themselves. EU is bad. Don't hate. See you guys later. He just he said don't hate after hating. That's very confusing. Shout out to Steve, yeah, by the way, who's in the uh, who's in the chat. I was supposed to do an interview with Steve, and then I he took advantage of a misunderstanding between the two of us to disappear um from... how do you take advantage of a misunderstanding it was either so, a so peter and core came downstairs with steve and i was going to do an interview with uh peter and steve like separately and then uh steve was like oh do you need me and i'm like no no i'm going to go interview peter meaning like i don't need you right now i'm going to go interview peter and then later on, I got done with the interview with Peter. I'm like leaking around for Steve. I'm like, hey, we're ready. I don't hear from him for a bit. I'm like, are you you around? He's like, oh, I thought you said you didn't need me. And he'd already that left. Sounds like, that sounds like your fault, Travis. And then uh, he's, I was like, can I meet you at the party later on? Because he like TL threw a party with MasterCard. And he was like, yes. And I got to the party. He was gone. And I messaged him. And he said he drank half a bottle of tequila. So, I mean, you can't go to a party and expect anyone to, you know, be ready for an interview. Yeah. Either way, I'm coming for you, Steve. I'm going to get you. Uh, I'm going to get the next caller. Thank God. <laughs> he just, Steve in chat just said, sorry, Travis. That was like the saddest, most reasonable response ever. Uh, thank you to Calendar Guy five two three Dan the Esports Man Killing You Guy 
Whoopley for the four months. Uh, nine S Nine Spiritus Nine, who gifted a sub to Mark, who's been a sub for nineteen months. Congratulations, Mark! I haven't paid for a single one of those. Pepper <coughs> X PhD and Nandon. But look at all these sick emotes I use now. Nandon more music for life is here. Music. Thank you for being a Twitch sub yourself. Wait, you're Dan the esports man. You call you sub. I just said your name. Uh, where are you calling from? Um, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. How's Baltimore? Pretty good. Nice. Glad to hear it. What do you, what do you want to talk about the show tonight? Um, I think IG is going to beat Fun Plus Phoenix because of top difference. Top difference. I think the shy is just so much better than Gimgoon. Um, the shy is also like a much flexible. Um, champ pool than Gimgoon. Gimgoon has mostly just played Renekton this entire Worlds. Um, and Renekton, uh, and like, Renekton isn't really a proactive champion. He kind of is just in lane for like the whole beginning of the game. Whereas, like, the Shy plays like carry champions and will probably just. Smash Gimgoon like he did with Sword in the quarterfinals. So I'm excited about this because this is our IG Fun Plus prediction call. But mm -hmm. two, Mark seemed to disagree with. Mark, you were making faces during this. So it seems like you disagree. I, I, I only made a face during the Renekton's not a proactive champion thing. Re Renekton should be a proactive champion. He, you should be hopefully making plays with your Renekton in the early game and doing things and trying to transfer his his early pressure around the map uh or diving his lane or whatever like forcing rift herald fights and stuff like you should be pretty proactive with renekton if you're drafting him that was that was the only thing i made a face face at well uh i i, I kind of agree with that yeah but uh gimgun hasn't really been proactive uh, on renekton um he doesn't really have much kill participation per game um kind of just sits in lane for most uh, of the start of the game. And when it's time to, like, fight Rift Herald, that's when, it, like, when he leaves lane. Uh, whereas, like, the Shy, you'll see him play, like, uh, champions like uh, Vladimir. Uh, I don't know. I think we've seen him play Jace, uh, Kale, and he's been pretty proactive on those champions. Uh, just, like, going around the map. Uh, with um, Rookie and Ning. Well, regardless, taking the conversation and making it more about will IG beat Fun Plus, and if so, will it be because of the top difference? Um, I I mean, I don't know. Shy's, the Shy is obviously a badass. I, just, I honestly just feel like IG is going to, especially from talking to Raz, apparently it was almost a bit of a fluke, potentially, that Fun Plus ended up... Mark, you're shrinking. That Fun oh, yeah, Plus... So let, me, let me shrink, dude. Anyway, uh, that Fun Plus ended up uh, in the first seed for their position. It does feel like IG's been turning it on a little bit more over the course of the tournament. The Shy is definitely, I don't know, top five players at Worlds, maybe higher. So it does feel like, for me, uh, IG is going to end up showing up. And I'm kind of curious about the rookie-Doinby matchup because I feel like that's going to be interesting to watch too. And I've heard people say Doinby's like incredibly good and other people say he's overrated so i feel like this will be an interesting test to sort of see how that goes yeah i think it'll be a really good match i mean was it um fun plus lost 
the best of against IG during the split near the end. Yeah, and they were the IG just never played them in playoffs because they yeah. lost to um, it was like LNG or some shit. They yeah, lost uh, to RNG. So FPX, the only team they lost, like the only series they lost in the regular season of summer yeah. was against uh, IG. Yeah. So I mean. I think it'll be good. Obviously, like there's this best of three during the split, so they lost a best of three to them, not a best of five. Um, but I mean, in those games too, like Deshai had a lead, and they still lost. He played, he played Jace, but he still had a lead, and they lost. All right, did he yeah. play Jace, or was this a different series that he? Are you talking about? I don't which fucking remember. Uh, when they played, uh, um. Damn one? Fun Plus played IG like way back oh, in oh, oh, like I, in July or some shit. I don't know the matchup was, but like it was stuff where they were like he was winning and they still lost. Like I don't I don't think Fun Plus's strength has ever been like oh their solo laners are insane. Like Doin B is not like it's, he's an insane laner. Like there's other things that they do that are enabling their laners to do what they need to do in the game, and then they're winning off of that. Yeah, so, I think. Oh, it's, sorry, expected. it's expected there's, like, a solo lane difference. Like, Rookie and the Shire are fucking insane. Like, solo laners. Um, it, just, it just comes down to team play. But it'll be interesting to see. To actually see, like, a best of five between them since we didn't see one in LPL Summer. Yeah, and I think... Uh, I, I super agree with what you're saying because if you look at how IG lost to Damwon in group stage, you know, those games, the Shy still popped off. It was that... Yeah. Other things happened on the map, and you know your top laner can kind of absorb his his pressure and fall some CS behind and move some turret plates and maybe get solo killed once, and like the game's not over just because of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that bodes really poorly for IG because Tian and Crisp are amongst the best players in their role in their positions, and like Baolan and Ning are very hit or miss and like their hits aren't even that great i mean ning's ning's a little bit better but balan is like you know like a, a a bike with training wheels and you just hope it doesn't like fall apart or something sometimes like i think balan's one of the weakest players left in semis maybe outright the worst players left in semis mm. um you know and, and that's really scary to me uh <laughs> When you know Crisp is has been phenomenal and Tian has been phenomenal and like I think Ning can have games where he'll look like a monster and it won't be a big issue. Uh, but I'm concerned over the course of a five game series and you know like you're saying Doinbi's strengths he is I think Doinbi's incredible. I'm definitely not in the the Doinbi's overrated camp. I'm in the oh my god Doinbi's a beast. Hopefully he doesn't get rise if Ig are smart, but when he does it's gross and it's gross because of how he moves around the map and how he sets his team up. Not about his outright laning and so like. I can see a world where, yeah, Gimgoon can't neutralize Shy, but Tian and Doinbi can. Mm. Like I, I think it's just Fun Plus plays more around the fact that like using the jungle support is extremely important for them. They use it really well. It enables their solo landers to do things off of that. Ideally, like enabling Doinbi to do stuff, and they went off of that. Like obviously, every team does that to a certain extent, but I think they do that really well, and that's how they've gotten wins. Um, IG just has really good laners. Like they have the shy and rookie, which are obviously hyped up as these really insane solo laners. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're using that pressure to influence the game as well to lead to like a team win. 
Um, obviously, like this was still a while ago they did this. So that shit between them, like this whole comparison could have changed a lot. But I think it'll be like a really close match. And whether they have like lane difference or not, I think isn't the deciding factor of whether they win. It's just whether IG uses that like inherent advantage that they have with jungle support to actually win the game through team play. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And I think because of that, I'm actually going to side for FPX. Um, oh, you're predicting FPX over IG? Yeah. I put IG over FPX still. I think but. it's really close. Um, but for me, I just... I'm really concerned about Balan and, and Ning in, in a you know a really tough series. Like, those things can... can lose your games yeah you don't it doesn't take much to lose games against really high high quality opponents and like i it just i'm worried about it and maybe i'll be be proven wrong because i think <laughs> the same way that i'm saying that they have some of the the worst players left in semis they also have some of the best players left in semis right you know like we already said with soul laner so it could easily go the other way where the you know these liabilities don't end up being a liability at all and they just smash in lanes and they take they also take really aggressive fights, IG, you know? So, like, even if against anyone, they can win or lose, um, depending on how some of these more risky fights that they take play out. So, yeah. so, so, uh, Anero and I have a SKT IG finals, and Mark, you have a fun plus SKT finals. Yeah. 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 I was thinking today, I was talking to somebody um, over dinner about, I actually feel like every team making it to finals except for fun plus is like a really cool thing because i think if yeah. ig goes it's the they're returning world champs if skt goes it's you know like uh, obviously they're back in action after in their history with league and lck can be like okay we resolved our problems from last year if g2 go like that's a huge thing for that team and they continue like the best and the West, uh, maybe that's a cursed phrase, but either way, like they continue their achievements over the course of this year. Fun Plus goes, and you're like, well, uh, I guess China's back, and it's their first seed. But, but Fun Plus I, is like all new guys that haven't really been, yeah, to worlds. I, I think that's pretty sick. Like that's yeah. not, everyone else has like been to worlds multiple times. That's like, why Travis Fun Plus like going to finals story. is lit. He can't be like this happened last year, and it might happen again. It's like, wait, who are these fuckers? I don't know anything about them. Like these guys are uh, like, especially Doinby has been around for fucking ever. And Gim, Gim never been to worlds. And I mean, okay, now he's going to worlds. And if he goes to finals too, that's sick. That's so nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, can't you make Gim, that about like so many teams though? Yeah, but they're not there. I guess I just I don't think it's like a very <laughs> other teams are there's all not, like there's teams not much history there. or legacy in that narrative. No, but that I mean that was what I was just saying, right? Like it is new. It is different. So you have to tell a different story than like, look at the legacy and what it would mean. It's like, look at this. It's Gimgoon. Here's, here's a bunch Boy of guys nobody uh, knows about. They made it. Travis, I agree with the chat. That's a real boomer mentality, actually. Uh, You're giving off boomer vibes right now, and I'm not meshing with it. This thing is different, and I don't understand it. Mark, you can't yell well until we fix your game. Uh, just all of that was just peak. Either way. Great. That's the sound. That's what a boomer would do. So my impression was perfect. Agreed. I mean, it's like I I think it's really interesting 
that Doinby and Gimgoon only had very limited experience in playtime in Korea before they came over to to China, and I think it speaks to me. I know as it an just you, fan. you love that because this is it just plays into your whole argument of go find rookie talent in these other regions. Yep, and I mean Tian as well. This. <coughs> I mean, the Doinby narrative is hilarious because it's just like I feel like He's part got of the his reason. Wife, can you imagine her leading chance in a well, that's massive the, arena? That's the thing is, I just feel like the wife thing is like, like that's so much of white. Like Doinby just ended up becoming like a member of China because he met his wife who like taught him Mandarin, and it's like super cute. Um, and I just am like, that's what we need to do over here in North America. Like, we need to recruit some players from other regions, and then we need to have them fall in love with an American girl who will just make them want to stay over here forever and learn English. Yeah. That's, that's the solution. Yeah. So we've been doing it wrong this whole time. Yes. Find we, instead of giving them equity or more money, we give them uh, someone to fall in love with. And <coughs> then that's, that's how that works. Music for life. It sounds like an and I agree with you. I don't know if we agree that it's just going to come down to top difference. Mark disagrees. Is there anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Um, shout out to Alienware. Uh, shout out to my boys, Cloud9. I'm a big fan of them. And shout out to Jack. Um, and, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Have a good thanks, one. Man. See you. All right. I have a couple more subs. Let's see. Nils97. Nufflelumps, which is a great name. Wild LOL for one year. Thank you so much. One year of the best pro LOL coverage sponsored by Eleanor. Yay. Dark King at 21 months. Frunks 19. Daniel N92. Steve for 21 months. Ryukurai, Murfner, and Odwin Villain, as well as Insulin Shots and I'm Elvis 4. Thank you to all of our subs. Uh, Serdek is here. Serdek, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Germany. Germany, um, what time? Is, it's Isn't it super late? I know that there's one last hour. Yeah, it's super early, like it's uh, almost 6 a.m. 6 a.m. I mean, did you uh, wake up or did you... I haven't yeah. gone to bed, to bed yet. Uh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, never mind. Well, it's still oh, dark there. I know that the sun comes up really late in Germany because I was staying up late Yeah, kind of, kind of. I Actually, I almost hit one of the games, but we were kind of in a hurry, so I didn't take a pic or ask for anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I wish you'd come up and say hi. Maybe I was in a hurry to grab uh, an interview or something. Like and Roland kind of intimidated me because he's like 10 feet or something. Roland is not 10 feet. <laughs> everybody says he's really tall. He's... Whatever. I mean, you're tall as well, actually. Like, a lot taller than I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I'm, never a, gi- mind. I'm uh, a giant. Many people say that. Uh, I'm very intimidating. <laughs> anyway, what okay, do you want to so- talk about on the show? Yeah, my topic was, uh, should G2 perform uh, how they have so far and win Worlds, then shouldn't Perks be uh, the MVP and should be, sh- shouldn't he be in consideration for the best player in the world? All right. All right, listen. <laughs> it was one thing when all you people were saying that G2 were the best team in the world. Now we have to talk about who the best player no, in the world I, is? Yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say if, if they win... I mean, sh- shouldn't he be in the con- conversation for the best player in the world? Because he he's be so far been like the the most stable um, player on G two. 
Okay, like but I don't think. Worlds? But it seems like that. That what do you, Mark? Stop. I don't know what you're doing with your eyebrows, but get them back in check. Um, I. <laughs> this is distracting. I'm gonna move my window. Um, you. Look. Okay. The interesting thing for me is I feel like the shy, for instance, is carrying IG in a lot of these games. Or like Baker just turns it on in certain moments. I, I mean, I don't think he had like the best quarterfinals uh, match, but. It's, I don't, it feels like G2 is winning more as a team and less is because like Perks is carrying them. Um, maybe I'm wrong and like <coughs> an arrow and Mark are about to uh, correct me, but it feels like all those players are having really great performances a lot of the time. Uh, and it doesn't really feel like if G2 wins, it'll be off the back of Perks exclusively. So I think that's the problem. Like, I'm not even sure. And I don't even know if we necessarily have to give MVP to the, the player on the team that wins. I don't know. Like if if IG, let's say IG, ends up going up against uh, G two in the finals. If it goes to five games and like the shy is the person who made it go to five games, that's a situation where I feel like even the shy could end up getting MVP, even if G two ends up winning. Well, I don't and, know. It's just kind of my thought process. I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I think there's a difference too between like MVP and. Um best player in the world like i think mvp should almost always go to the winning team in some capacity like who is the most important player there so that's that's you know here or there for me but i would say why why not consider perks one of the best players in the world i think he's been super good uh this world he's been very good in most of his international performances him and caps are the two solid members of g2 where yankos wonder and mickey have all had you know different levels of gameplay up or down I think in their best of five, I would say Caps was probably the more important of the two or played better between Perks and, and him and uh, Caps. But I would say for the entirety of Worlds, Perks has been a little bit, bit better. And if they do end up winning Worlds, like, I don't, like, yes, they're a very well balanced team and they, they have a lot of great team strengths and stuff like that. But they also have some of the best players in the world. So, you know, how high do you put them? I don't know. I think it's pretty close. I mean, I like okay. Obviously, there's like finals MVP and like the tournament MVP, which mm -hmm. I would like just different things. Like obviously, finals MVP is like of that match. Um, if I was thinking like tournament MVP, I think that if um, if G two manages to beat SKT, I would be totally comfortable like talking about perks as an MVP, like in that situation, like for the tournament. I think the fact that like. Surely a lot of the decision around what they did with getting caps and him moving roles is going to be around like his decision and him accepting that decision or making that decision himself. I don't know exactly who made it, but mm -hmm. like that's a pretty big step to just change roles like that. And then to end up going to Worlds still performing like at the same caliber as these other people in the same role as him that have been playing this role exclusively their entire careers. And to do that well is fucking insane. Okay, like, that argument not, like, more it's than... It's so free to do that. That argument actually super sways me because i actually think that's such a good point too is like the fact that he like if g2 makes it to finals i don't know if it's because he's hard carrying them but the his willingness to switch to the ad role so that caps could come and join the team i actually think that that's like a really great reason to give him mvp like obviously not like exclusively that, but to do that, it's exclusively like, that. I agree exclusively <laughs> on that topic. There, just having the fucking confidence to actually do that, and then 
to succeed while doing it and to excel to this point to where like, they're at the same point they were at Worlds last year with him swapping roles. Um, it's obviously not like they had like this insane bot lane at last Worlds, but like this is just fucking cool. Like it's good to see that type of story. And if they get further than they were last Worlds with him making that decision and the team doing that, fuck, dude, I'm down for that. Like it's not like anyone else has been just straight 1v9ing. Like no one is 1v9ing for their team at Worlds. The game's just not like that anymore. Obviously, the shy is playing great individually. Obviously, like rookie plays great individually. Faker's Faker, so he's his name's going to be there no matter what he does. Like, I'd be down. Be cool um, with it. Okay, but what oh. about best in the world? Right. So, like, I think we all agree MVP, especially if they win or even make finals or something. Like, you know, Perks is probably in the conversation. But like, what would it take for him to be one of the best in the world, or to be called the best in the world? To be called the best in the world, I, I don't know. It's gonna make that distinction, dude. Like, I people think he are needs to create a play. legacy. I, mean, I think if he wins, like he should be in discussion for it, like no doubt. But you know, I mean, rookie was called the best in the world last year, and he didn't have a legacy in worlds. Like it was, he was always almost at worlds, and I mean, he he was basically called or, um, I mean, Uzi was called the best player in the world until they got like upset by G two, and yeah. then everyone's talking about rookie and the shy. And they have yeah. never been to Worlds, or I, I don't know if they have been, but like... I mean, uh, let's be real, like, putting someone as, like, a best player in the world and it being someone who is from a Western team, no one in, like, a professional thing is ever really going to risk doing that because they're all scared of the fucking backlash uh-huh. from doing it and they don't want to take the risk. Like, Chat would do whatever it does, it, dude. He's fearless. So it'll take... Yeah, but like, I mean, like this a, year, if G2 yeah, should win Worlds this year, they would have had the, what, like one of the hardest uh, paths, I'd say, because they would have to beat SKT, which are in a pretty strong form, arguably, and they would have to beat IG, which, which are also ramping up. Or, yeah. like, for me, it, it would have been, uh, it would be IG, because I think they're going to advance. But anyway, like, IG or FPX. I, yeah, think I, I think I just want to go back really quickly to what Nero said, where he's, Nero, you were saying you don't think any Western analyst will put a Western player as best in the world? I mean, I think people are going to be very concerned about doing it. Why did someone do it? And I just missed it. No, I'm just, I just I hold on. I I assume you haven't been watching the e- EU analyst desk or any of the EU casters because I feel like I mute them. Why? I would I was just going to say I feel like they would do this at a heartbeat. Also, is, is Mark okay? I'm a little worried for Mark. He seems like he's freaking out. I'm very curious about what's happening. Anyway, I feel like I feel like the NA casters would be less likely to do that, but I feel like if G2 wins Worlds, they're going to declare all five of those players to be the best in the world. Yeah, but what I wanted to say about that as well is like, in the past, a lot of the G2 members, I mean, all of them are obviously like good players, but a lot of them have been overshadowed by the, by, by the stardom of like, I think Caps, for example, because Caps got MVP in the summers, uh, in the spring split. And to me, like it should have gone either to Wonder or Mickey. But it's really hard to get like an MVP if you're like support. I mean, it, it happened like once in NA for Af- Afromu, I think. And like, wh- when when has it ever happened before? And I think Perks was relatively new back then. But I think like if if you were to take one player out out of G two and make the team like a lot worse, then it, it would be Perks because he's like kind of. He's the glue that uh, holds the team together, I think. And I think, um, 
Oh, sorry. sorry, just to chime in. I think you can look at things beyond like what happened this year. Like you're talking about rookie, it's his first Worlds, but like for a long time watching his gameplay in Korea, you kind of knew he was one of the best. You know, maybe it hadn't translated to the world stage yet or anything, but like the same is kind of true of Perks, right? Like he made MSI finals. Um, he's usually had pretty good showings at Worlds. Uh, even like that that year, they went three and three and got knocked out at third and didn't get out of groups. Like you could still see he was a really good player. So I'd say he know. was the second best mid last Worlds, like after rookie. I need to think more because I I didn't think the cat showed up, and I also I was very worried when they uh, he was gonna move to AD because I I always thought he was better than Caps, or at least he showed up when it mattered. A lot more than caps. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, what, for, forget about the 20, 2018 second best mid. I, I think you, you would have a good case because we're saying at this point they've won worlds. I, I mean, it would depend on how things went. Like, if he just gets dumpstered by Teddy and hard carried by caps, no one's going to have that conversation. Maybe then caps yeah. is the one you start talking about with it or like, you know, whatever happens. But. You, I think you have some basis, no matter what, for saying these things. Uh, maybe you know it would really depend on how dominant he actually is, but I don't know. Slashnik says Raz just said that titles aren't needed for best player in the world. It's a good point. Yeah, I agree with that too. So is Raz saying that we shouldn't just? I don't know if he's saying that in defense of Perks getting it, even if they don't win. Or if he's saying, well, there's a lot more candidates even if they do win. I think and... he's saying that there's a lot more candidates regardless. Like, you know, what about Knight? He was amazing in, in China and, like, those kinds of discussions. I mean, I I agree with that, um, and I would say it, but then I'd be told that I'm just super salty to EU and that I'm molding, so I won't say it. Yeah. I just Raz like say. talking less about best players in the world and more about like tournament MVPs and shit like that. I feel like that's a lot easier to point out. Yeah. Because it's just in the moment. So, based on that. So, we agree that if they win and if Perks looks really solid in that series, that especially if they look good, and especially if he looks good in semis, that he is probably the MVP yeah, I think, of the tournament. I think that's the most important thing that we, we've kind of glossed over by talking more about winning or losing is like how people look in those wins or losses. Cause um, you know, like we're saying with rookie before he won, he looked incredible. And so far this tournament, you could say perks has maybe been the best bot laner so far. I don't know if you agree with that in arrow, but you know, there's at least a case for him being considered one of the best so far. So for me, that's a big part of it is, is how people look during that time. Yeah, it definitely depends on how people look. Yeah. All right. Well, regardless, I think I think we agree that there's a good chance he ends up MVP if they win. It's a bigger question about whether or not he's best player in the world. Thurdeck, anything you want to say before we move on to our last caller? Yeah, shout out to Alienware and shout out to Mark C uh, for always dunking on the NA fanboys when they bring up uh, anti EU. Uh, propaganda. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so not a shout out to Mark? You say you're just kidding. Yeah, what so the fuck, bro? Are you removing your shout out? No, I said shout out to Alienware and shout, shout out to Mark Z. I know, but then afterwards you said you're just kidding. So I'm curious if you're removing your No, I'm, I'm just kidding about the uh, NA part. I don't know. You're al already down. I, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sir Deck, for the call. 
want to take a quick break, uh, by the way, before we move on to our last caller, to talk about our second sponsor for the show. It's movementmvmt.com slash Travis. Head over there right now and take a look at their amazing accessories. I'm wearing their watch right now. I've been wearing it all the time. I need to get, I actually, this is very sad. I lost my sunglasses, my movement sunglasses in Europe. I'm ashamed to say that. Um, so hopefully I can uh, hit them up and grab a new pair. I'm sure they'll hook it up. But uh, you can go over and check out their stuff. They're based out of Los Angeles, uh, which is where I am based out of. So it's kind of cool that they're here. I'm going to go ahead and put their ch- their na- their link in the uh, in the Twitch chat. If, uh, if you guys go click that link, super helpful for me. You can go in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching the VOD. Click it there. Uh, they make amazing stuff. And they've got actually a ton of things. So they've got watches, they've got accessories, they've got uh, sunglasses, they've got blue light stuff or, or called Everscroll. If you're uh, at the computer a lot and you want to deal with that blue light, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about this stuff. Uh, that's actually a, a great option for gaming, making sure you don't mess up your sleep schedule. Uh, they've got jewelry, all sorts of different things. So check them out over at MVMT dot com slash travis that by the way will get you 15 percent off so you already start off with a pretty good situation just by clicking that link uh but yeah they make some amazing stuff they've been supporting us for the past couple months and i really appreciate it uh either way thank you so much to movement for checking out or for supporting the show and so much of the stuff that i do and uh, you can get your own stuff over at mvmt.com slash travis put their link in the chat one more time for our live viewers and again Check them out in the Very YouTube video description. Hello. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mark, you want to grab our last caller? Yes, sir. Is this an in-house caller? Is it getting in-house any call? in-house callers? What is an oh about the in-houses? I hope we got yeah. an in-house caller. I was kind of or hoping Mark just pull. boring world question. Yeah. Who cares about worlds? Boba Cola for twenty-six months says Aloha, and Quiet Pirate for fourteen months. Thank you all, everyone, for subbing. Um, I don't think we have a bit leader right now, which, yeah, I don't know. Uh, looks like our last caller is here, uh, Spiritus. Spiritus, are you calling about in-houses or North America or any of the things that weren't worlds? Well, I was going to talk about NA's biggest problems and how they compare to other top teams, specifically G2. Okay. Well, all right. I was... Can't we... Anyway, whatever. Uh, where are you calling from? What do you want to to talk about, Travis? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. Yeah, It was the Chicago area last time I called in. Well, congratulations on the move. Thanks. Have you seen seen anybody else in Wyoming yet? I I have seen a couple, yes. Okay, good. I've heard... I heard there weren't very many people there, so I'm glad you found at least a couple. There are not very many people. Yeah. There are a few in Laramie, however. It is a college town. Oh, gotcha. They have a college there. Uh, yes, one. The okay. University of Wyoming has a single campus in Laramie. 14,000 nice. students. <laughs> well, congratulations on the move, and thanks for being a sub. Uh, all right. I, no, I'm My excited. Pleasure. I am excited about talking about North America problems, because we have an error on here, and uh, Mark didn't pull a single caller to talk about any of that until now. So, there right. it is. I left us plenty of time. Yeah, Great. yeah, that's all right. There's always more time for me, right? Spiritus, what do you want to talk? Or to go ahead and uh, and take give me your pitch. So, my argument is that NA's biggest problem as a region compared to other regions is just team synergy. Now, I do think that all the other things mentioned 
legit. Like server ping and you know low player population and unwillingness to recruit from other regions like mark is talking about specifically rookies right um because we're always recruiting veterans like we got friggin crown and core jj right like almost immediately um after they won worlds i mean it's been a year buffer but only that so but when i watch i was watching and i've watched a lot of g2 games but i was watching specifically g2 versus um Damwon um, and thinking like what is it that makes this team so much better than like NA teams and like just the fact that they move that they do everything as a single entity and have a lot of initiative is I think really the key here like you see every game they're on or they play almost every game at least somewhere from level two to four they're four-man ganking, you know, top or bottom, usually bot. Um, and every time they do anything that's macro-related or like a tower dive or anything, they're doing it as a cohesive unit. Like, they show up and just act with such conviction. Like, they'll charge up to the top turret and just all pile on, like, w without hesitation. But it's not like it's not like rushed and uncoordinated. It's, like, extremely well-coordinated. And I think this is a skill that NA teams definitely could develop a lot and do a lot better at Worlds as a result of it. But I'm just not seeing that. Like they don't, they tower dive like, like just chaotically for the most part from what I've seen. And their macro isn't nearly as tight as in the team isn't moving as a single unit. And their draft is really rigid based on lanes in a NA's draft that is whereas G2's yeah. draft is like how do we build a comp that wins the map not the lane um in my opinion yeah, so, so that's you... oh, sorry, yeah, go that's, ahead. that's the gist of it um that's all I was going to say I, there are more things I could say about it but I kind of want to I don't want to say a lot more before I give you an opportunity to respond okay. yeah yeah no, you put up a lot of things about like team synergy um but i think like a lot of the stuff you're hitting is less on team synergy and more how teams are learning because all of that stuff is generally fundamental things that we suck at because i'm pretty sure a lot of people don't practice fundamentals and drill that shit in like honestly na literally sent a team to worlds third place seed that's just did really well about one fundamental movement on the map that teams just fucking sucked at countering like we played them like because i was in academy last split we played them with our academy team and we did well against them in scrims, like against CG. And they just had this one thing they did together really well. And in Academy, we had the same type of thing that we did together really well, and we played around that. And it's just because we had a fundamental thing that we practiced, and I think a lot of teams like do this, but it's usually only like the top few teams that are actively like getting that shit down. And I don't think that's like, like obviously part of it's a synergy component, but that synergy is built up by people practicing stuff and understanding concepts together. And that's the part that we struggle at, which sounds really sad, but like that's literally what it is. That's literally where NA is as a region. Yeah. We're just I, struggling with the fundamentals you're saying. We're struggling with like practicing very simple stuff and understanding it together. Yeah. Like I a lot of teams struggle to get over that barrier, which is it's it's dumb, but that, that is what it is. I definitely agree with that. I guess why I'm saying team synergy is like they're they're making these decisions, which, like you say, are fundamentals, but then the execution also is, like, 
is extremely well done. So even even yeah. if they make the wrong decision from a macro perspective, the fact that they get four people doing it as if they're one mind, which I consider team synergy, makes yeah. them successful. Even if it, even if you might say it's a mistake from a macro perspective. No, agreed. Like that's something that I'm very like big about is that it doesn't matter if you're doing the right play most of the time. It just matters that you have five people doing the wrong play. If like yeah. the other team has three people doing the right play, but two people are fucking lost and have no idea what they're doing and they mess up and they like backstep when they're meant to go forward. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're doing the right thing anymore. If the other team capitalizes on that as five, even if they're doing the wrong thing, okay, they win. Like that synergy aspect matters, but you only get to that point from like rigorously practicing the same type of thing together so that when this situation like pops up or like a similar type of situation pops up, everyone on the team understands their role and their job in that situation and does it. Yeah, And totally. that's what we struggle at. Like there's so many, like obviously like fans don't get to see scrims in practice, but so many teams literally have like the, the dumbest types of things happen in practice. And the same shit happened on GGS, the same shit's happened on like Fox in the past. It happens everywhere to some point. And teams have like different levels of that type of thing happening throughout the year. Some teams consistently just have like bad practice. And like it's usually those teams get blacklisted and only scrim like the bottom LCS teams or academy teams. And like being an academy, we got to scrim teams like that because we want to get any LCS scrims we can. And we'll end up scrimming teams like that. And like we'll yeah. use that to try to get better like LCS practice. But that's just how it is. Like teams suck at practicing that. And from time working in Europe and time working in NA, that had to be like the easiest thing to break through in Europe compared to NA is just practicing concepts like that. And everyone just being like understanding that you have to start off with something like that. Yeah. And build on it. To follow up off that a little bit, I saw a tweet, by I think it was LS talking about like player mentality in different regions. Like Korea is like, yes, coach, I'll do what you say. You know, EU is like, okay, let me try that. Maybe it sucks, but I'll at least try. And they said like, you know, in North America, the mindset is more like you're wrong. Let me tell you why it's not going to work at all. And they don't try it. Do you find mm. that that is true at all? Or do you disagree? Uh, it's more common here, but I don't think it's like, I don't think it's necessarily undeserved. I think like a lot of this issue comes to staff. Like it comes to staff, like handling situations correctly. Obviously some of it comes to players like being mature enough to handle this stuff correctly as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little bit different in that way. Like, EU is just generally more open to criticism, like, because they're constantly giving each other criticism, too. Like, it's just more of a two-way street there. So people are down to try things. Um, mm -hmm. NA definitely does kind of have, like, more of a hang-up on wanting to try things overall and are a little bit more rigid with it to where they need it to be, like, perfect from the start when practice is never really like that. Um, but it's not, like, that awful. Like, I haven't, like felt like it's been that big of a problem. Right. But I just think like where teams have messed up could generally just like, I could point at myself in a coaching situation of how like I could have changed something and this would have been better. And like, that is exactly what happened at the start of this year on GGS. Like I pointed at that and said like, this should have been done better. And because of that, like I made a move that would gonna be better and more beneficial for our team. And then the guy who took over like Jimmy during that time brought us to playoffs and that was great. And then I moved to Academy and like I implemented things differently in Academy and it was easy to get people on the same page. I think like as a whole, the biggest thing I've noticed with NA is people are a lot worse at recognizing like their own problems and mistakes and being honest about it. Um, which I don't know if that's like a culture thing or not. I guess it is if it's more common in NA, but like EU, 
OPL like places that I've worked, people are usually pretty open about like, yeah, I fucked up. This is really bad. I need to do better about this and being very open with each other about that type of thing. Right. Do you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. I was just going to say, do you think in there that it's like an ego thing? Like NA players just have big egos? Cause it seems like, you know, I, I hate criticizing the players in a sense in North America in part because like there's this whole thing about like, Oh, NA players are lazy or whatever. And it's like, I know these guys, especially on the top teams scrim and work an insane amount, like probably more in yeah. my opinion than they should. And so I don't like saying they're lazy or they're not doing enough. On the other hand, it's frustrating whenever I hear all these stories about how much less solo queue the players play, how resistant they are to doing solo queue because they just feel like it's not good enough for them, how they don't, they're resistant to feedback that is critical of them. I mean, I'm sure this stuff exists in other regions too. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like, the problem is that NA players have big egos. Um, Cause like from working in EU, EU players, like, okay, when I like picked up caps for mouse sports, like this guy had literally done nothing before. Like he worked in the UK scene and had like the hugest ego. He's like, I'm gonna go to fucking worlds this year and I'm gonna beat Korea. And like, this was 2015. Like he had no chance of going to worlds. It was literally like, it, he would be at best qualify for LCS. Like that was the max he could do. Like, it was say? not possible to do something else that split. Sorry, what did you say? This? Who this is this? Caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna like bring he, up. G two is like G two is stacked with ego. Yeah, but they have actually delivered egos. And but I actually like, think I actually think that probably helps them in a way because yes. they act confidently on every play. Like they show up, they execute the yeah. play without hesitation. They know who's gonna take the turret aggro and when. For the most part, I mean, I saw Perks die in one of the games on an early one. Because they slightly messed it up, like they don't execute perfectly every time. But um, yeah, but that's like for that's the most part, yeah. they well, do it so well. What I wanted to say, like ego, like ego is not inherently a bad thing. So right. I like I don't think the NA problem is ego, because there there are good parts of that that matter a lot. Like it's just more of like when you have an ego, you also have to be able to recognize like what is wrong and like accept that. And that's like not not having an ego if you're able to understand what you messed up on and being willing to change it, that's like arrogance. I feel like NA has more of the arrogant aspect of like this big ego than other regions do. That's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Um, and it's not like it's fucking everyone, but it's just more inclined that American people are more arrogant than other people. Like just even living in Europe, like people, <laughs> people honestly in Europe have like huge egos in general too. Like I'm sure you guys walking around in Europe too have noticed that like and just interacting with people. People have huge egos, but it's more like in a friendly kind of way. Uh, it's, so, it's so fucking weird to describe, but like they have big egos, but they're very like open about themselves. In America, it feels like people generally, if they have big egos, are more like closed off people. Like they're not as open to change and actually fixing things. That's like yeah. the difference I've noticed in the ego between like American culture and European culture and like other places. And Which, if I were to, that's the big thing. If I were to guess, I would say probably a part of that is like where their pride lies. Like <clears throat> G2 yeah. is extremely flexible. And if you're proud of the fact that you can compensate quickly and change your styles versus your ego being like, oh, well, my play style is the best and I'll never have to change and it's someone else's fault. Like, 
those are different yeah. places to put your ego, but the ego, the level of ego itself isn't the problem. It's like, where, what, what are you basing your ego on? Right. Oh, there's and just like, like a healthy ego and an unhealthy ego. Yeah. yeah like, this is the player it. side of things. Like, I don't think players are at all to like be like the number one source of blame. I right. think that staff are also like very poorly equipped that, to handle like play, people like that and players like that. And we don't like do good practice either. So those two would, things comboed together is like the worst fucking combination. That's where I was going to go with this is like, I think we can all agree with a lot of the things we're saying about, you know, it's not like any players are fuck you. I'm never going to listen to you. And you know, but they, they probably yeah. are a little too obstinate, but like, where would you, if you're going to like stack rank where you think um, NA's problems are, you know, like where, and you don't need to list all of them, but like hypothetically, where is this or how significant of a, of an issue do you see with this? Um, we mean, mean with this is in what, like, are like, oh, the, the problem is above problems. Yeah, well, I just mean like in terms of like the NA player coachability problem, yeah. where like is it like top half? Is it one of the most important ones, or is it kind of far, further down your totem pole? I, of, like things I could fix in NA. I would sure. always be like, I would always say that the coaching aspect is always the most problematic because like egos and stuff like that can always be managed. Like, look at any professional sport. There's people up there with fucking insane egos. And I'm sure they have the exact same problem, but they have years of experience like actually dealing with this and knowing how to manage that in a way that like works for the team environments. But even there, they run into problems where like it just doesn't work right or like they don't have a solution to it. Um, so I always put coaching up there at the top, but I do think the player aspect does matter as well. Um, yeah, it's just having the people that can manage that correctly. Because honestly, like coaching in Europe is it's so fucking easy. Like on, as long as you're not a complete bitch and not a pushover. And you like are confident in what you're talking about, and you have like that ego that can match those people. It works, like you're, it's totally fine. It's really easy to get across what you need to do, and players like group together and work together really, really easily. And a, you need to be much better about actually helping people be like open with each other. Like, that's one of the first things you're almost always going to have to look at and be able to handle because it's more of an issue here in a competitive environment than it is in somewhere like that as a competitive environment. Yeah, but, this is... again that comes back to coaching. Yeah. This is why I theorized that Cloud9 did so much better at Worlds last year than Team Liquid did. Um, <clears throat> and I, my only ever other call to Hotline League was to propose that Reaper be coach of the split. It was about halfway through the summer split last season. And I, I think that the coaching is just superior in Cloud9 versus maybe all the other teams. That, no offense, I just think he, they've done an excellent job of raising up new talent and teaching that team to work as a team. And I think that's why they got further, even though Team Liquid won NA, because Team Liquid wins NA, in my opinion, by winning every lane with individual talent and then making basic fundamental macro plays and then winning team fights through individual talent instead of exceptional coordination. Um, whereas... I think Cloud9 is a lot more flexible in their play style, it, as well as having decent individual talent, not as top tier as Team Liquid, but um, because of the coaching, like they they can go in and act as a team. Everyone knows what their role is. Even if Sneaky gets smashed in lane, he can still perform late because he's part of the team, part of the unit, unit, if that makes sense. So I think I think that's why Cloud9 was able to excel more so than Team Liquid last year at Worlds, um, I, the coaching, really. I, I think teams like that have already good inherent fundamentals. It's generally why, like, these endemic teams that have been here for a while, they have these players that are experienced 
the fundamental things that they do are generally just better, so they're going to win more games over time. The teams that are filled with players that have less of that have to get over this barrier of the ego thing that coaching needs to do and then also build those fundamentals up, and they struggle with that, and that's why those teams tend to sit at the top and the other teams tend to sit at the bottom. There's always been this, like, kind of gap, and there will be teams that, like, pop up and get over it and, like, jump that hump. Like, Fox in the first year of franchising, like, we obviously got to, like, third place, and, like, we were battling TL yeah. as, like, the second-place team because, like, we were the second best or whatever. Yeah. And then 100 Thieves did the same, and then they dropped down towards the end. Like, teams have this jump, but it's never consistent. They're never consistently up there because, generally, you can get that far off of, like, individual talent. But if you're not doing the correct things, like, every single game consistently and, like, honing those habits, it's really hard to consistently be a team that beats veteran players like that. And that's why, like, again, I think coaching is the biggest thing because coaching is that shit. Yeah, that's I actually made that observation about Fox as well last year. I didn't think it had top tier talent. I guess unless you count who, but he's been so on and off, it's hard to I it's hard for me to consistently rank him as top talent. But the fact that the team moved very aggressively and made decisions with conviction and worked together, I thought made them a top team despite having like maybe middling like individual talent. Like um, I think that team honestly was really carried by the fact that our mid jungle top was really insane. Like yeah. honestly on the team, like I could not do much as a coach. Like now that Echo Fox is out, like fuck Echo Fox stuff, you know, like management there was <laughs> right. fucking too impossible to do anything with. You couldn't do anything, but it didn't matter because we had individual players that like those three were on the same page for what they wanted to do generally. And our bot lane, as long as like, literally you look at that time in Echo Fox, if we got Callista, we were fine, but teams didn't ban Callista. Like we were nine Oh, and then like Callista got changed or something. Oh, and then shit, like, it, it was a struggle. Because, like, Zyra Khan, Kate Morgana was not our meta at all. Right. And, like, we were literally winning games and, like, doing consistently well because we had a meta that fit us, and teams literally couldn't scout that and figure it out, even though they would scrim us and realize we sucked without fucking Callista. They, they struggled to do that. And, like, that's those issues that exist. <laughs> like, that, that yeah. should be easy to figure out. But then we didn't have any of this, like, fundamental practice going on because of all these fucking other issues that we had to deal with. Like it was such a shit fest internally and we still managed to get top three. Like that should say a lot about literally everyone that was below us at that time. You know, <laughs> like we had yeah. so many issues and we still got top three. Like how does that fucking happen in a league that has like stable practice and good practice? Right. Cause we don't have one team that has all the best players and the high level of team synergy that I mentioned. Like when I watch, I mean, I've, I was a Team Liquid believer the moment they the roster they did in the <coughs> 2018 preseason. I mean, mm -hmm. I already love, like most people, I already loved Double Lift, but I also like Gig Smithy quite a bit. And I was really excited, and Poe Belter. So I was really excited about that roster. And I was even more excited when they made the two roster changes I think they really needed to make in the offseason last season, which were mid and support. And mm -hmm. Now, but I still watch them. I'm like, they're just playing the NA formula. You know, like if they took that level of talent and worked on being extremely proactive and playing the map instead of just the lanes in the early game, I feel like they could have gone really far. But there's always this disappointment. It's like, oh, well, why didn't we go far? And it's like, well, because they laned like an NA laning phase instead of a um, a top tier like international team leading phase and well, now to double its point like our region is just weak in that area but that's still something you can look watch other regions and say 
hey, let's practice it in scrims or whatever, then take it to stage to really bring our play to the next level domestically. And I don't think they're doing that. Yeah, I mean, what, I, what I'll say to like double his point on that and what I think is really important for teams like TL and kind of like stagnating when they hit the top and plateauing, like that is on these other teams. These other teams like sitting at the bottom, like it is because like our teams are not pressuring them in ways they need to get pressured in games because you can win despite having like lower talent players by just playing better, like macro wise or having better, like the fundamentals buzzword in the game. But like the practice isn't going that way at all. Like practice does not happen like that in the LCS. So those teams like struggle to get really good practice and it's hard to build up the like habits and like muscle memory things and like just being able to react like instantly to certain plays happening over and over when you don't get that practice all the time. Like it's super easy to go in the game and like practice like oh how we get a dragon off of wave management properly early on because every game is the same. But those like late game concepts are harder for teams to pick up and learn if they're not playing against people that are challenging them. Yeah, like, that's it's a good, fucking difficult. That's a good point. I've heard that a lot of NA teams like goof off in scrims um, or like once they like lose the first fight, like maybe they just won't even try at all. Um, and that would make it really hard to be like, hey, let's try to be more like G2 and like being flexible in our picks and hey, let's try to tur a four-man turret dive at two or three every single game or something. It's like that doesn't your results trying that kind of thing in scrims don't really mean anything because of like teams not taking scrims as seriously anyway. And then when you get to the big stage, it's like, well, do we really want to do that? And then potentially throw the whole game because now they're actually playing for real. Um, but I still think it would be worth trying. Like G2 gave up at least one game, maybe two to Fnatic during the summer split. I can't remember because they were experimenting because they weren't afraid to lose those games to try to get that extra edge. And I, I think that set them up for worlds. Like I heard, I don't remember who was hey, saying. Hey, Spiritus, like, I, I hate to cut you off, but I, we are actually running a little bit over time. Oh yeah. No, no problem. Okay. Yeah, is, is there anything uh, else that you'd like to shout out or anything to say at the end of the call? Um, well, go Dignitas 2020. I'm a fan now that they totally turned that org. And I've always liked Demonte like personally. Even with the zero six at worlds, even with the zero six at worlds, it's his first time there, and he played against some of the best mid laners in the world. Are talking to Monte? They, they had some other people there that wasn't their first time. Either way, thanks so thanks no, so much I, for calling I, I, in. Cody Sun and Huni were there, but I, I'm still I'm still on for it. Dignitas 2020. They only turn around mm -hmm. at the very end of the split. They'll only keep going up, in my opinion. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thanks, thanks, bro. See ya. Well, uh, that's the show. Mark does have an early call time tomorrow at a TFT tournament that I am not allowed to cover. Uh, Mark, is there anything? So salty, man. I'm super salty. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I I guess I'm the only one that cares about being able to cover events. But it's because I, it's because you called yourself media, and it's a chill event. You know, it's it's supposed to have this you know land party esque feel. There's no reporters there. But yeah. influencers. Who would want to cover one of the first uh, competitive events for this game? Mark. Not me. Anything would, you want to shout if, out? But if an influencer showed up and vlogged it, totally maybe, different. Maybe, maybe that's what I should have done. Yep. You raise a good point. Who cares about uh, media? It's all about influencers now. Nothing to shout out. Just watch the TFT thing tomorrow. It'll be on Twitch. Uh, you'll find it. I'll tweet it. Everyone will tweet it. 
has a lot of cool people in it. It should be fun. It's a wild. The the setup is really cool. The setup is really really cool, and it's a new take on on tournaments. I don't want to reveal anything, but what I will say is that it's heads up looking. Well, it can't be that cool or that impressive because uh, it's just a chill LAN event that no one should be able to cover. And Arrow, you have anything you want to shout out? It is set too. Sorry. Uh, shout outs. Uh, yeah, just shout out to Danon and John for holding down in house as while I was gone. Always appreciate them. Definitely the best management group I've ever worked with. Shout out Golden Guardians. I fucking love this organization. That is even that is Hunter, all. even Spelzy. Yeah. Yeah, they're chill. Uh, man, what do you say like that, Travis? I don't know about those two. Yeah, why do you say it like toxic, that? Man. Very questionable. You're super toxic. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Think Card too, for Lol Randu in the chat. I love Thomas Slotkin. That's my boy. Thomas, hey. savior of Dignitas Slotkin. <laughs> T slots. Anyway, uh, that's the show, guys. I'm sorry if I've been extra salty lately. I just, uh, I care. You know? I care. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching. Uh, stick around on stream because I'm going to be doing something I'd love to get everyone's help with. Uh, but that's the show. And uh, we'll see you. By the way, we release this as a podcast. Everybody always asks me or Mark, like, hey, have you guys ever thought about releasing it as a podcast? And they never look to see if it's a podcast. It's a podcast. No one asked me that. No People know not to talk to me. That's the show. <laughs>